21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. What was your aha moment that uh, led you to pursue a more authentic and fulfilling life? There's a few of them, unfortunately, Martin, but I'll, I'll keep the answer as tight as I can. When I was 16, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis. It has no known cause and no known cure. And that sort of set off the trajectory of my life, which was, I think some people are either like, oh, my life needs to get small because I have an illness and there's things I can't do. Or it it grows as the result of that. And so I was more of the, I was less of the why me and I was more of the why not me and did all, all the things I wanted to do, but it came at a cost really. And so I graduated with high honors from college. I studied abroad in Italy. I did all the things. I got a job at Vogue magazine and this is when Sex and the City had just come out, you know? So it was all the sparkly things and I was working a lot, lot, lot. And I was doing well and my health was crazy. Um, and I just tried to do everything for everybody all the time. And then if we very quickly fast forward, when I was 38, I had my entire colon removed in an emergency surgery. So from 16 to 38, I battled every day. I was on chemotherapy medication. I was doing infusions in the hospital. I mean, it was like a whole thing. And so when I was 38, I lost my battle with my colon. It was removed in an emergency surgery. Um, unfortunately, that surgery was done incorrectly. So it had to be redone. I had a series of five surgeries over a little less than two and a half years to totally rebuild my digestive tract without a colon. So that was really the moment. It's not as if everything had been hunky-dory before then. Um, I was divorced at 31. I quit drinking at 35. I mean, there were things, but that was the moment where I was going between each surgery. I was going back to work and I needed to because I was a single woman. I needed health insurance. I was ill. And then I finally finished all the surgeries and it was like, I've survived. And I took a good hard look at my life and my career. And I was like, meh, I have it all on paper. But honestly, like, I don't, I'm not, I didn't live and survive all of this stuff for, for this life. So that began the, uh, the second leg of the journey, you know, the first one being being diagnosed, I'd say the second one maybe being when I left my ex-husband and then got sober at 35 and then 38, it all kind of came together and it was like, all right, what are we doing here? And shortly thereafter, I started my own company. What does it mean for you to play all out? So it's interesting because that's evolved over time. I'm now 43. And playing all out when I was first diagnosed meant I'm not going to play small. I'm not going to say, oh, I can't because, and the other thing I think that's really important, Martin, and, and for your listeners also is that you don't need to have ulcerative colitis to 
relate to this story. It's a chronic silent illness. And we all have something like that, that we have our outside self and then we have our inside things that go on. So having a disease that has to do with diarrhea and GI issues and vomiting, no one wanted to hear about that stuff. So playing all out when I was younger was about really actually just burning out a little bit and working and working and working. And I remember when I was at Vogue, I got to the point where I had walking pneumonia. I hadn't taken a day off, including weekends in six months. And I realized like, that's my fault. No one's gonna give me breaks. I've got to ask for them. So playing all out now means finding a way, finding the ways for me that I can be the most proud of what I do, being of maximum service to other people, while also putting my oxygen mask on first. Where is acceptance in your model? Oh, well, it's everything, actually. It's like the whole um, basic foundational principle of this program is that you need to start with awareness of what's actually going on in your career, in your life, what you really actually want, what your actual values are, because we're so busy doing. We're all in action all the time. We're, you know, if it's work, we're doing and working, 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 and your and your to to do list becomes your five year plan because you're just so busy doing. So for me, it's all about whether it's finding a new career or it's finding more life satisfaction or hopefully both. Not necessarily a new career, but building a career you're actually excited about. You need to start with awareness of what's working for you and what isn't and what you really care about and coming to acceptance that that's different for everybody. And for me, it was when I came to the acceptance of the fact that, you know, for example, my marriage wasn't working or the way I was drinking wasn't working or in backstory really quick, because we don't have to go that far into it is nothing dramatic and exciting. And I didn't go to rehab or any of that. I just... The wheels fall off in my life because it was somebody else's story. I had, well, I, you know, I grew up in a wealthy suburb. I worked really hard. I graduated magna cum laude from a top university. I went straight to New York. I started working at the top companies in, you know, the biggest deal that I could do, I could think of. And then I met a guy and I got married and I had never been like, which of these parts of this story were my choice and how much of this was sort of put on me? And when I came to acceptance of what I wanted out of my life and how perhaps that was a little bit different than the path I was going on, I was able to really become aware, like I'm saying, so that I could take the appropriate action based on who I really am. And none of that's possible without acceptance. And that's a long journey. That's a process. But for anybody who's gotten there, and it's an ongoing process, but for anyone who's gotten there about anything, they will tell you there, there's nothing without it. Are you just going to keep fighting? For how long does it take to, ex to, to go through the acceptance phase, to learn how to accept? Everyone's journey is different. I can tell you my experience was longer. I, I've had a lot of life experiences, and there were different things for me to sort of process and accept at different levels. But in terms of how I've created this into something that's actionable for somebody else. Part of the whole idea of creating Rebecca Babcock coaching is that I've been there. I'm not somebody who worked for a couple of years and then said, oh, I'm going to be a coach now. I spent 21 years in corporate America in, in the highest level in sales and in marketing, big blue chip 
fancy companies, eBay, like really big deal things. And, and so what has taken me, I'd say from 38 to 43, 42 to kind of put together, what I've done is really gotten very clear about what the different parts of my process were from the mindset stuff to the tactical approach to finding an, a fulfilling career for me, but also letting go of the resentments, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, all these things so that I can be in acceptance. And to me, it picture a pyramid, if you will. So the bottom of the pyramid, that base brick is acceptance. So there's a lot of work that I have done that I have now applied into the Babcock method, which is a custom curriculum that begins with being aware of who you are, what you care about, all those things, so that you can come to a place where next up on that pyramid is action, where you can come to a place where you can start to take action and you don't wait till you're all healed and all better. What you do is you build more awareness towards what you want, and then you take action on that. And it brings you one ring up higher on the pyramid, which is confidence, right? So as you're aware of what you really want and you take, and, and what do I mean when I say that? I mean, what's professionally, what's your why for working? What are your unique skills and strengths? What are the industries that are best for that? And what experience do you have that can bring you towards that? But that's not enough. That's a career coach that's just going to help you find a J-O-B. What is holding you back? What are you doing too much of that you need to, you could potentially do less of? So there's all of that, right? So from that awareness, you take the action. From the action, you build confidence because you use what I'm sure you've heard of, a mastery mindset, which is you either win or you learn. So it's not as if you're in acceptance right away. It's through this process of being aware, taking action, having that action either not be win or lose, right? But win or learn. And if you get to that point and it doesn't work out, whether it's an interview or a relationship dating somebody, or it's a friendship, you go right back down to awareness. What do I need to iterate and do differently? Take more action. So your confidence grows much more quickly because you're taking more action ultimately brings you to the top of the pyramid, which is what you and I are talking about. And that's being a choice of your life. You're co-creating your own life professionally, personally, in every other way. You don't feel like you're stuck you don't feel lost. You don't feel like your career has happened to you. You're in conscious choice. And that, for some people, it's only once they get there that they're really in acceptance. So for me, it's the combination of action and mindset, action and mindset. So it can't just be talking all about it. And so this took me a long time. I also got into meditation, got into breath work, got into... um a lot of other things that are all included in this program, because that's my whole idea is that you should come here and it should be sort of a one-stop shop. And it's not going to take a whole bunch of years. In fact, the way this program is designed is that I don't want people to go from not knowing, feeling stuck, feeling powerless in their own life to needing Rebecca, as, as lovely as that would be. So it's designed to sort of be a, a three to four month kickstart because it all starts with that awareness. And then some clients continue working with me or, or some get into that pyramid. And once they have the awareness, they're able to take the action themselves. So it's an iterative process, if that makes sense. But the idea is it, it does take time. What I have seen hundreds of my clients do incredibly successfully is jump in with both feet, trust the process and be able to move through it very quickly. What are the most common 
blockades in the process? There's just one. There's one most common challenge for everybody in this process. Every single person and it's confidence. And that may show up as imposter syndrome. It may show up as, you know, oh, I can't, do, I'm going to, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I, I can't, I don't have control over this, but it all comes down at the end of the day. We have every single person on the planet earth has what's called a gremlin. And it's the voice inside our head that says, I'm not fill in the blank enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not cool enough. I'm not this enough. And it's never going to necessarily go away, Martin. But the idea is when we when we become aware of it and all the ways that it's holding us back, we can disempower that fear. And then we can go confidently in the direction of our dreams, regardless of that. It's not like, oh, you work with Rebecca and you all of a sudden have confidence out the wazoo. You just accept and you're aware and you, and you use that same power that you've been using now to keep yourself playing small, to not feel fear or embarrassment or all those things. And you use it towards actually getting to your goal. Besides self-confidence, what about self-acceptance? So I guess to me, you can't possibly get to self-confidence without self-awareness and self-acceptance. So to me, those are like the steps along, just like that pyramid. You have to start with awareness of what's even going on. So many of us are like, oh, I've never, I've never dealt with that. Oh, I don't need to talk about that. That's fine. It happened, whatever. And I'm not here to dig up, you know, past trauma at all, but we all have something that's keeping us from playing all out and from showing up and being authentic and keeps us playing small. So you need to have the awareness that that is existing before you can begin to tackle and get rid of it. So awareness, acceptance, release. How can uh, it help me to become more effective and uh, maybe confident in my life? That's what it's designed for. So here's how it does it. Basically, we need to slow down. We all need to pause. We need to come back to what's actually important. What's our, ultimately, what's our why? And when we get very clear about what our why is, and there's two types of people in the world. Some people say, my why is making money. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Those people don't want my help, nor can I help them. <laughs> but if you're looking to, to, by all means, make money, to be clear, I don't, I didn't, become a coach to, to live in abject poverty. Like I believe you can align your passion and your purpose with a way to make money because you're passionate about it and your, and your why is bigger than just money. So when you align with your real why, and what I do a lot of is what's your personal brand? What's your mission statement? Who do you want to be? What actually matters to you? Then your life starts to become very clear what you need to do more of, what you can cut out. And that ultimately creates for you in a very tactical sense, here's the right career for me. I have many clients who come to me wanting to get a new job and they end up staying in the job because they realize it wasn't the job. You know, like the term says, it's an inside job. It was it was me looking for the job to make me happy or the spouse or the money or the whatever it is. So when you get to your why, 
it becomes very clear what we need to do to get you there. And when you align how you're spending your time every day with your purpose, life becomes much easier. And I mean, I spent years and years and years in sales. I love to sell, but I am terrible at the back end forecasting any of that sort of bookkeeping, any of that stuff. When I finally became aware of what my skills are and my capabilities, as well as what my why is, my why ultimately is I want other people to live a big, beautiful life and be able to say, I wake up every day and I'm proud of the life that I've created because I went from feeling stuck and meh and what's this all for to passionate and inspired. And I've made more money as the result of it because I'm doing what's right for me. And it doesn't feel, this is cheesy, doesn't feel like work. It does. I hate bookkeeping still. There's other parts of my job I hate, but I'm really aligned with what I'm doing. And I understand my ultimately what my why is. And that's what everybody should have in their life. What are some of the most common challenges for that wannabe entrepreneurs could potentially have? So as an, an, a newbie into the entrepreneurial space, right? So I didn't come, I didn't wake up and say, I want to be an entrepreneur. My undergrad degree is in human and organizational development. So like nothing about that, you know, it's like business psychology. Ironically, my focus of my major is leadership and entrepreneurship, but I was just focused on the leadership part of it. And um, I would say the biggest pitfalls I've come into as an entrepreneur is not understanding the scope of it. So how great I have a chronic illness. I can go to doctor's appointments whenever I want. I can, I have so much, I make my own schedule. This is so great. And not understanding that also means I'm the bookkeeper. I'm the accountant. I'm the salesperson. I'm the marketer. I'm the content creator. I'm the coach. I'm also the, you know, the assistant, the scheduler, all of those things. And because I'm so passionate about this and I'm so clear that I want to do this, I make it all work. But I think this idea of like the startup culture and you just can create something from nothing, it also requires you to be able to be the software engineer, you know, the, the web designer, the all of these things. And to me, if you just want to do that because you don't want to work for a boss and you don't want to, you know, the nine to five grind or whatever that is or going to an office, hang on. And actually, this is a piece of advice I will give to everyone, whether they're an entrepreneur or not. So what I always say to people is, don't quit your job. I know that sounds crazy, but what I'm saying is, it's one thing to know what you're running from. I don't like my commute. I don't like my boss. There's not enough growth trajectory. I don't, you know, whatever it might be. My job doesn't light me up. Fair. But if you don't know exactly what you're running towards, and that's what my program is designed to do, is to help you before you jump and say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Or I'm going to go, you know, the great resignation. You need to be really clear about what you want instead, not just what you don't want. So what is my focus? What are my skills? What is the right industry for me? What is it that I want to do with my life? And, and how much have I actually looked into what that looks like? So instead of just running from something, you're running towards something. And it's a deeply well-informed idea. Because I'll tell you, until then, keep your paycheck and your health insurance. Until you're really clear and you know your why and you're super aware about it and you know what you're getting yourself into. 
So that's my experience so far with being an entrepreneur. I wouldn't go back. And quite frankly, if I knew as much as I know now, I don't know I would have done this, but it is incredibly rewarding. But it's a, it's about scope to me. It's about taking, as somebody who was a consultant for years, it's about taking on too much without understanding, without first understanding what you're getting into. Here's a, a very powerful lesson that I learned um, later than I should have. Your rock bottom is only as low as you want it to be. And I got to the point with my chronic illness where I was very, very, very ill to the point where I had to have an emergency surgery because I was like, it's okay that I have to wear adult diapers to work. It's okay that I go to the bathroom 27 times a day. It's okay. I let my bottom get so low that my surgeon had to tell me I had a kidney infection because I was so sick and was like, we're just going to hospitalize you for a kidney infection. And then once I was hospitalized, he's like, yeah, we're taking out your colon tomorrow. So we live in a world, and it's not just the American society, it's, I think, everybody who lives in a corporate sort of, you know, capitalistic state where we have such a poor definition of what good enough is. And so I know there's people listening that say, yeah, I don't like my job. I don't feel inspired by it, but you know, I'm, I'm 45 years old. I got a mortgage. I got kids. Look, who am I to give a shit about it? Who am I to really, you know, do anything about this or to take action on it? It's not that bad. Oh, I'm supposed to be inspired. Oh, you love what you do. I don't get to have that. And the truth is, is that's fear talking and it's not the truth. When you graduated from college and you took that first job just to get a job, you thought, oh, once I get going, then I'll make the money and then I'll feel better. And then you got the first promotion and it was, oh, it wasn't that. Okay, well then once I get a bigger title, no, it'll be once I, once I get married, once I have kids, once I retire. And I'll tell you, I have handfuls of clients that come to me once they're retired and say, I worked so hard and I put my interests and my self-worth aside and now I'm retired, which is what we all work towards. And I have no idea who I am. I don't know what I like. I have no passions. I don't have hobbies. I don't really have any friends because I've been working. So to me, your bottom is as low as, as you need it to be to say, it doesn't have to be like this. And it's not as if the intervention is that you have to quit your job and go into bankruptcy. The intervention is that you become aware of what you really care about and work towards that. Make money while you're doing it. How important love is? So I will say love is the most important thing. This is coming from a woman who is um, not currently in a relationship. And why I will say that is because there's only one of my favorite quotes ever is whole people find whole love. So to me, the, the baseline and the pinnacle of all of this is self-love. It has to be. 
If you're looking for someone else to love you, if you're looking for your job to love you enough or for you to love your job, it's never going to happen. Those are external things to give you internal relief. So the only way to, to feel true love, unconditional love, I talk a lot with my clients about conditional love. You give so much of yourself and then you're exhausted and you're burned out. That's not really being unconditional. Being unconditional is taking care of yourself so that you can serve others. So to me, without the self-love, which comes from self-knowledge and awareness and acceptance, you're never going to be able to really provide it to anyone else. Like the whole expression of my better half or my other half, it's just an expression that we say. But if you think about what you're actually saying, you're basically saying, I'm only a half of a, of a person. And if you ask anyone who's had a long-term, loving, amazing, committed relationship, they will tell you we have things that we do separately and we have things we do together because they are whole people on their own who come together and share that to be, to enhance their life, but it doesn't make them. And it's true of everything else as well, in my opinion. So obviously we've talked a lot about sort of the, the heartaches and the difficulties that have um, brought me to where I am. But I think the most important thing to reinforce here is how incredibly worth it all of this has been, and not just for me, but for the clients that I work with as well. So my life mantra, if you will, is no colon still rolling. And while that has to do literally with not having a colon, it has to do with the way that I approach life. And I'm a warrior. I'm not a warrior, I'm a warrior. And if you bottle that up with a lot of time and effort on my part to make this an actual curriculum and to go through all the training and certifications to not just say like, hey, I survived some surgeries. Let me see how that can help you, but really create a custom curriculum and bring in all of the parts that have helped me to get to where I am that is the Babcock method. And it's beautiful that it worked for me, but it doesn't matter if it didn't work for other people. I would say the common theme among my clients, and some of them we end up working more on relationships. Some of them we end up working only on career. Some of them we do a combination of career and relationship and life and addiction and whatever else it is. But the bottom line is, if you're feeling stuck professionally or personally in your life, and you feel like life is not what you wanted it to be, but you have no idea what to do instead, let's talk. That is where I can help. And I can think of one client in particular who came to me very high up in her industry, so burned out that she left her job. She did the thing I said, don't quit. If you don't know what you're running, so she quit. She was so burned out. She has two kids at home, one of them is special needs. It was just a lot going on. The marriage was a little shaky. She needed the money. So she when she reached out to me, she's like, I'm panicked. I need money. I need a job. I've been applying for jobs all over the place, but I really hated my... Stop. And we took a really big step back and we took a very holistic approach. 
what does she want from her job? You know, what does she want in her in her life? Why is she working so much and running away from home? What was going on at home that she didn't want to face? Why was she having imposter syndrome? What happened? What was her part in why she got so burned out? We can't just blame it on that job because otherwise she's going to go into her next job and do the same thing again and again. So we really took some time to get clear about her purpose, her passion, what she cares about, what she wants to do for a living and created a model for her that's based on exactly what she needed. And I actually have this. I'm going to read something for a second, Martin, because I got this in a text message the other day from this client. Hi, a quick note to say thank you. I've been having amazing meetings with prospective employers. I've walked into those meetings feeling authentic because I can talk about my purpose and my passion and clearly convey what I'm looking for in my next role. And everyone nods enthusiastically and wants to find a place for me. And then she says, none of this would have been possible. She says, I get emotional thinking about it. Great things are on the horizon in every part of my life. That's what we're talking about. Not just a career coach, let me help you find your next J-O-B, but looking at your overall life satisfaction. And that's actually something I'm, I'm crazy enough to offer as a guarantee to my clients. They take an assessment that is amazing, Energy Leadership Index Assessment. And with that, it gives you a score. And it's basically, it's measured on your overall life satisfaction. So career, finances, relationships, self-worth, confidence, all those things gives you a score. So that's the first session I do with my clients is the debrief of that energy leadership index assessment. They get a score. I guarantee that by the time that we're done working together, their life satisfaction score will increase or I keep working with them for free until it does. So that's a, to me, that's the two different type of people. If you just want more money and a new job, we shouldn't talk. If you want a great life, let's talk. So it feels like, you know, I just, I just gave a big pitch and that, and that's, it's because I'm so passionate about what I'm doing and I really want to help people that I can help. So here's what I'd like to offer which is generally, I don't just say to somebody, I can work with you or you can't, or I can't. I didn't leave corporate sales to swindle people out of money and time. So what I love to do is just to schedule a quick 10, 15 minute call to see if I can even help. Because if I can't, I wanna, I wanna let you know that I can't or that somebody else can and, and help send you in that direction. But if I feel like I can help, what I'd love to offer everybody listening who's interested is a free 90-minute consultation call. And that's, why do I do that? That seems crazy, doesn't it? It's a lot of time on my part. I really love what I'm doing. And if I can't help you, if you decide that I'm not the right fit for you, that's okay. But I have no question that at the end of that call, you have more awareness about what's working for you and what isn't. And I'm going to offer you a path to do it the way that I've done it. It's totally customized per person. It's not like a, we meet on Wednesdays on Zoom and everyone gets the same information. It's totally bespoke because we're totally customized people. But what I'm offering is a free 90 minute session to let, where I can share with you. Once you tell me where you are in your life, 
where you want to be and what's holding you back. That's my job to then build out what a roadmap could look like. So I do that for free for anyone who's interested. That's what I'd love to offer. And it starts with that quick 15 minute call. If I can help, we'll have the free 90 minute call and see um, if we're a good fit for each other. Twenty first century entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.